0: Amen. Glory to God. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Aren't you glad for the cross? Aren't you glad for the power of the cross this morning? To forgive us of our sins and cleanse us? He doesn't remember our sin this morning. Your sin is gone. Isn't that good news? It's gone as far as the east is from the west. And you know what the best part about that song? Oh man, that gets me going. (laughs) He's alive. He is alive today. He is not in the grave. You cannot find Jesus' body anywhere on this planet. He's been glorified, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Can we just give him some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good morning. My name is Derek. I'm one of the pastors here at First Baptist Church. So glad that you're here this morning on this July 4th weekend, I don't know what your plans are. Um, If you're like me, we love to grill out. So I hope you, whatever you do, maybe it's chill out. Um, You know, the older I get, I like to chill out a little bit more. I used to be about the thrills and the chills, and now it's much more about the chill. You know, I just want to relax, and (laughs) maybe you find yourself like that as well. Well, as we begin a a new series, as Pastor Brad said, um, this morning called Gifted. Gifted. I want us to think about that just for a minute. Have you met somebody who's gifted? before. Just, you know, you, you go, that person is so, it's just not fair. Have you ever thought like that? They're so gifted. Maybe it was a, a sports player or a musician or a, um, a math whiz or a science whiz or some author or something, and you're just like, she is so gifted. This guy, he is so gifted. Well, church, I want to let you know, the Bible says that you are gifted. If you're in Christ, if you have May Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says that you have been given spiritual gifts. That is also very, very, very good news um, this morning. And you know, some of us uh, maybe have discovered that. We have been serving even out of that design that, that God has made for us. We're using and employing our, our spiritual gifts to serve God and serve the body of Christ. Others of us, maybe we're serving, but it's been a little while since we've looked at that, we we knew at one time what our gifts were, um, but we kind of just simply forgot. And then there's probably um, a a large group of people here this morning, I'm just going to guess, that just have never found out what our spiritual gifts are, how we're gifted uniquely by God to serve God. Maybe we didn't even know those gifts existed, and you thought when we first started talking about gifts that you were going to get something this morning, that we're going to hand out some ice cream or something. I I wish we were. Sorry to uh, disappoint you that there's no ice cream this morning, um, but but better than that, better than that is the 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 gifts that God's Spirit gives each of us. And this morning, I, I do want to start out, as Pastor Brad said, with a simple, really introductory message um, to this series called "Gifted." And I, I I I shouldn't probably say this, but I don't think it's very deep. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's a complex, deep message this morning, but a simple one. And sometimes it's those simple ones that hit me. And, and it's really the gist of it is this. God has designed us with great care to fulfill his grand purpose. Let me say that again. God has designed us with great care to fulfill his grand purpose. And my hope is this. As you walk out of this place today that you didn't walk in the same way you came in, you didn't walk in with the same burdens, that you can leave those burdens here at the cross, at the foot of the cross, and you can go out of here knowing he is alive, and that you're alive in him, because he's alive, you're alive. But also, that because he has given us spiritual gifts, that he has designed for us in our lives, he can use you and he can use me, like precision tools in his hands to bring him glory and, and to further his kingdom. Because, folks, that's what we're here for. That's why we're here. We're, we're, we're on this planet. We're moving about on this earth to bring much of him and to make much of him and to bring him honor and to bring him glory. That's why we're here. In case anybody was wondering, that's why you're here this morning. Amen? Amen. To make much of him. Jesus said in Matthew five fourteen, and I love the way the Living Bible puts this, it says, you are the light of the world like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. And I love the imagery there that we, are, we can be glowing. We can be glowing for Jesus. We are glowing with Jesus as we let him light up our lives. He can do that. And so my message this morning is entitled Designed by God. Designed by God. You know, we live in an amazing time. Of design don't we incredible innovations and and designs I mean just just we could talk about a lot of that stuff but you know one of them is right here in your pocket the phone it's amazing to think about where the phone industry's gone I see I missed a couple calls here let me not get distracted with that all right these are uh, these aren't phones anymore are they these are computers you've got a computer in your pocket. It's amazing. You know, I saw the other day that you can now see what's in your refrigerator on your phone. Is that just, does that just kind of boggle your mind a little bit? You can be in the dairy section of the grocery store going, yeah, we are out of eggs. I I think I need to pick up some more milk too. That's crazy. There's an app for that. There's an app for everything. I think it's an app and it's a phone and it's a, it's a refrigerator that kind of is a package deal there. Um, But we have these innovative, amazing designs today. And, and as we're thinking about that, as we're contemplating the designs of today, I want to let you know that the most amazing design ever, the most incredible design ever that has ever been made. And I'm going to surprise some of us maybe because I want to say that that most amazing design is you. It's you. David said that. He said that in Psalm 139. Here's how he said it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David knew. And as we're talking about this, this, this design thing today, I, I just wonder, have you ever stopped and considered how miraculous you are. I'm not talking about like a big ego trip thing, like, yeah, I'm so awesome. Man, I'm just, the, I'm awesome. Okay, that, not that kind. But you're just sitting here this morning. Did you know your heart's beating and you're not even thinking about it? Well, now, now you're thinking about it, right? But, but your heart beats. And, and do you know by the time this day is done, it'll have be, beated? I don't know what, how to say that, but it will have beaten a um, hundred thousand times today. That just makes me tired thinking about that. Right? Pumping blood through your blood vessels. You know, it's miles and miles of blood vessels. In fact, I was reading on on Google. That's how I did my research for this. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I looked at. I did look at Google on this one. Miles and miles of blood vessels. If you were to stretch them in a straight line, do you know how long it would go? over 60,000 miles. And that was just a conservative estimate. Does that just kind of pop your mind a little bit? What? That's that's like going around the earth twice. Wow. And and as you're here, you're breathing, aren't you? You're breathing, I hope you are, in and out with your lungs that God gave you the air that he gave you that's on loan from him. And, and, And it's oxygenating your blood, and the oxygen is going to all over your body, exactly where your body needs to be oxygenated, carrying up the carbon dioxide that you can't use because you're not a tree, and you exhale that through your lungs. This morning, your bones and your muscles got you in the building. Your, your stomach and your intestines are digesting whatever it is that you had for breakfast, so I hope you had something good, okay? Maybe your Wheaties or whatever this morning, giving you some nutrients, giving you some energy for the day. Maybe you have some coffee, too. That doesn't hurt, right? especially get through one of my messages. You might need it. It's out there in the Welcome Center. If you've got to go, that's all right. You won't bother me. Your ears are hearing these, these tiny sound vibrations as I talk this morning and translating that to your brain so you can you can understand what I'm saying. Your eyes have are taking in a certain amount of light this morning as you see me up here on the stage. And you have this Optic nerve that's going from your retina to your brain. I'm not a scientist, but this is what Google told me, okay? And 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 you're seeing an image in your brain. And you have these photoreceptors in your brain. Two of them are called cones and rods. And they you're looking at me right now with your cones, which give you detail, it gives you color, and your your rods give you peripheral vision. So you're kind of aware of your surroundings, you're aware of your neighbor on your left and right-hand side. And when the lights dim, or when you go outside tonight and you look at the stars, because I love to do that, but if you do that tonight, your photoreceptors, your cones and your rods become over a thousand times, excuse me, no, over a hundred thousand times more sensitive to light so that you can see better at night. I'm saying that we're fearfully and wonderfully put together. This body that you're in it's an amazing design. It's incredible. When we had our uh, first child, Gabby, I, uh, Kristen and I would look frequently week by week, you know, to watch the developmental process. That's what new parents do. Not not with the fourth child, Portina. She hardly even has any pictures of her now. It's sad. <laughs> but but you know, first child, we're like, whoa, look at it, week one. Whoa, look at week two. Look at what's happening here. And what ha-. it was, it blew our minds the developmental process and how the body is engineered and how it develops. You know, by the time you're an adult, you have 206 bones today with you, uh, over 600 muscles, 37 trillion, not million, trillion cells are are working right now in your body together, harmoniously. You have millions of neurons and you've got billions of interconnections between those. We, We are wowed when we do go outside at night and we look at the stars and we look at the moon and we look at the heavens and, 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 and we think about the universe we're odd but you know what folks you are outer space with legs on that's who you are God has made you fearfully and wonderfully with this incredible precision and what I want to say this morning is the same God who engineered our bodies has engineered us for the body for this body, for the church, to serve out of that design and to light up the world. And yet, I want to say that the way that he does that, the way that he lights us up, is different. We don't all light up the same way. There's this difference kind of among us, and Paul acknowledges that in Romans 12:6. He says, um, We have different gifts according to the grace that is given us in other words as we as we start this series on spiritual gifts and as we start to unpack that over the weeks um we're going to recognize that we do have some differences among us in the room in the house in the body of christ and it's okay it's good we need that we need those differences in the body now let's just be honest for a second how many of you notice that other people are different don't raise your hand okay (laughs) It's kind of like what we say when we're trying to be nice, you know, uh, uh, about it. We're kind of like, they're uh, different, you know. Yeah, I met them, and they're just, uh, uh, he's uh, really, you know, what do you say? Different. He's different. That's kind of what we say when we're trying to be nice. And yet what we're really saying is, they're weird. I'm not they're weird. I'm normal. Okay. Everybody else is not normal. And we do that, don't we? Okay. I see a couple of spouses here. You guys can stop elbowing. Um, let's have a little fun with this just for a second about differences. Okay. For example, let me take a poll. Just raise your hand. How many of you are right-handed? Just go ahead and raise your hand. I hope it's your right hand. There you go. Okay. How many are left-handed? Left-handed. Come on. Be proud and unashamed. Proud and unashamed. Okay. Good. Um, how many of you guys love cats? Cat lovers? Anybody? All right, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. How many of you love dogs, dogs, man's best friend? Two hands up right there. Okay, all right, all right. How many, how about this? How many of you love the thrills and chills action type of movies? Okay, yeah, a little adrenaline pump in movies. How about tear-jerking dramas? Okay, why is it all the ladies? All right, let me give you just a couple more. How many of you don't mind flying on airplanes? No big deal. Yeah, you just going on an airplane. How many of you can't stand flying on airplanes? You hate that. Yeah, lots of you. Wow, look at this mix. Okay? How many of you, in the general sense, love to travel? You lo- I love traveling. I'll go anywhere, just about anywhere. Okay, how many of you just can't stand traveling? It just takes the energy right out of you. Saps you. Okay. <laughs> how many of you love long sermons with Derek? Thank you, guys. Can you come back the next service? We are different. We are different. You know, when we were adopting our son, Jason, I I told you a little, if you were here, I'm just going to move that because I feel like that's a hazard to me. Um, When when we uh, were adopting Jason, I talked about that uh, my last sermon anyway, um, we had to be fingerprinted. We had to be fingerprinted a lot. We hosted him several times in the United States, and every time we hosted Jason, um, we had to be fingerprinted. We had to be fingerprinted for the United States. We had to be fingerprinted for Latvia, for local purposes, for federal purposes. Um, and, and many of these fingerprints actually expired. I don't know wh- how, 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 how my fingerprint would expire, but nonetheless, I, nobody told me that. Why I still don't know. Um, but we had to be fingerprinted so many times. You know, folks, I, I think I've been literally fingerprinted more than a criminal. I'm serious. I think they've got a lot on me down there, wherever there is. But the fingerprint. Take out your thumb, just for a second, would you? Look look at it, I guess, do you take it out or do you lift it up, or look at, sorry. Look at your thumb, okay? I hope we don't have any visitors, like late visitors coming in right now, because we all look really weird, okay? Um, But your fingerprint is this amazing thing. You know, it's formed about seven months after conception. And it's unique to you. Everybody's got a fingerprint. Everybody's fingerprint is different. It's like God knew we were gonna make ink. <laughs> and, and and when you think about in, in over 80 years, folks, of fingerprint classifications, no two sets of fingerprints are, have ever been the same. That's what Google told me. Isn't that incredible? wow, does that just blow somebody's mind here this morning? I feel like my mind is going to explode. And what that tells me is is certainly this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are put together with great care, with this amazing wonder. But also, you are different, and I am different, and that's okay. Every time you, you do look at your finger or your fingerprint, maybe that can just be a simple reminder that you are not a mistake. You are not worthless. You have great value. God has made you uniquely. You have unique gifts. You have different gifts according to the grace given us, Paul says. First Corinthians 12.27 12, 12, 27 tells us why we have these different gifts because we're part of a body. He says, now you are the body of christ and each one of you is a part of it each one of you everyone here that is sitting here this morning it's not a few on the stage each one of you is part of this body been designed for a place in the body that's why folks you are designed so well and so differently that's why you have a different set of fingerprints and you have a different personality and you have different gifts and different abilities and different passions things that make your heart come alive because you're part of a body and the body is made up of different parts thank goodness my elbow doesn't look like my eyebrow that would be just weird wouldn't it i'd be a freak is what i'd be my liver doesn't function like my stomach does thankfully They function different. They look different. And in the church, we are going to look different. We are going to function a little different to complete the tasks that God has set before us. Not to compete. Hear that, please. Not to compete, but to complete. Because we are one body, folks. We are one body with Christ. And he is the head. You know, our... uh, When our our second-born daughter, Lizzie, was two years old, just two, Um, she had a little accident. Okay, now, it's not the kind you think. I'm not talking about wetting the bed. I'm talking about actually falling out of the bed. And not only was it that, but she fell out of, well, we had bunk beds. What can I say? We had bunk beds because I thought they're safe and they're good. And they have, you know, the railing kind of around that top bunk. So it's, you know, about this, this, this deep or so. So if you're going to roll, you know, the, the, the child will be protected and safe and not fall out. Well, that does not protect them against two of your children standing up on their legs and horse playing around and tug of warring and stuff on the top bunk bed. And that's what they did. And Lizzie was the one to fall off, and she landed herself in the hospital with a broken bone. And it was a spiral break, which, which means it, was, it had a twisting moment to it, and she broke her femur bone. So much pain, so much pain. And in fact, they had to put her in a kind of a half body cast, and she could not move. And remember, she's two. She could not do anything for each other. And two-year-olds already have issues, right? Now she's really not a happy camper. And um, she was in this sort of, like I said, a half-body cast. But we all learned that at that time about the importance of the femur bone and how important one part of the body is. You know, your femur bone is the largest bone in your body. It goes from your hip to your knee, okay? And, and, and it's sized just right to fit in your body in just the right place. It's got the right shape. You know, the, the ends are, are kind of rounded so it can fit into the socket in your hip and attached to your knee just right. Imagine, for example, if you had square, uh, square ends to your femur bone this morning. That would hurt. That would not be fun. You wouldn't probably have come in here this morning. You'd be in so much pain. But your femur bone is designed perfectly for the position that it's in, in your body. How many of you woke up this morning thinking about your femur bone? Probably not, right? How many of you have been thanking your femur bone lately for all it does for you? Probably not, right? No, we don't talk to bones. That'd be weird, okay? But it is incredibly vital to you. It's incredibly vital to you. And, and as I think about that, I think about what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. He said this, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You know, as we think about Cotton Neal and the, the ovation that she got and the person that she is and how she has served here out of her design. 29 years, 39 really total. In an amazing way, she's got the gift of administration. That's one of her spiritual gifts. She's got the gift of, of helps or service. And she was exercising those gifts, folks. I almost want to say flawlessly, but nobody's perfect. But I'm going to tell you, she was right in the design that God had for her. And, you know, last Thursday was her last day. And we were talking about, we were talking about things, and she kind of mentioned some things. I said, can I just write that down? Because that's really good. That fits right into where my message is going. And here's what she told me. She said, Derek, God had me right where he wanted me to be. I was totally in his design. He had a plan and a purpose for me. And to think even when she first got the word and Pastor Jim first invited her, she was like, yeah, let me pray about that. Let me think about that. But God had this place for her. See, some of us don't know how we're shaped or how we're sized for the body of Christ. Some of us are going to be femur bones. Some of us are going to be hands. Some of us are going to be feet. Some of us are the muscle, okay? Nobody's the armpit, okay? There's no armpits in Christ. That's funny. You're supposed to laugh right there. Nervous laughter, nervous laughter. Nervous laughter probably heard the story of esther now esther is a great great example of somebody who's placed in the right position she had a great position of influence as the queen of persia and about nine million jews are set to be annihilated taken out by this evil guy named haman second most powerful guy in persia at the time next to the king and and her cousin mordecai comes to her and he says esther you have got to go talk to the king you have got to talk to the king. You've got to tell him. You've got to plead mercy, for mercy for us. And she says, you don't understand. If I go to him unannounced, uninvited, without an appointment, he will kill me because that's the rules. You don't do that. And, and, and he says, Esther, listen to me. He says, who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. That's such a good, that's such a good word for such a time as this. In other words, God has positioned you, Esther. He's formed and he's shaped you to fit right now, right in this place where you're at in life at this time of the world. And he is going to use you, Esther. Do you see that? And she says, let me pray about that. In fact, yes, I'll go, but please pray for me. And she goes to the king and the king has mercy and the Jews are, are saved. It's no accident that, that Esther becomes queen. And the same holds true for you and I. It's not a coincidence that, that you work where you do. It's not a coincidence that you, you live on the street that you live on or the school that you go to or, or the gym that you, you, you frequent. Our movements in life are not just dumb luck. It's the providence of God. You know, if you look at another life in the Old Testament, the life of Joseph, you think about the things that he went through, disowned by his brothers, left for dead, sold into slavery, goes to a foreign land, a land that's godless and has all these idols. And yet, he serves God. He serves God with a pure heart, and and he's right where God wants him. It's like with this precision, God just places Joseph right where he needs him, so that Joseph can be a huge part of the story of again saving his people from famine. He's in the right place. Think about some modern day superhero, perhaps, Christians. We think of Billy Graham. Incredible design. You think of Billy Graham, designed to do exactly what he's done. He's aging quite, getting up there now. And it won't be long before he's, he's in the glory of God and, and with his Savior, Jesus Christ. But what an incredible design Billy Graham has lived out as an, as an evangelist. But have you ever heard of um, Henrietta Mears? Anybody ever heard of Henrietta Mears? Okay, a couple of us here. Um, let me tell you, because I had not heard anything about her, she was a school teacher in Hollywood, California in 1928. She taught this class that went from, a uh, pretty large class, it went from 400 people to 4,000 people. And God had done something with her, and she started a a publishing company, a a school of the Bible. She was a a huge part of the 20th century Christian uh, movement. And most of us, again, in this room, I I saw you, you didn't hear about her, but you have heard about one of her students by the name of Billy Graham. And, And what I'm saying there is that you never know when you step out and and you allow God if you're willing and you step out and say God I don't know how you've designed me but I want to discover that and I want you to use me just in the way that you've made me you don't know you never will know the impact that you have a lot of us sitting in this room have no idea the impact you've already had so how about you how about you maybe it's serving as an administrative assistant like cotton has done so beautifully so well she has been a huge influence um, to this church. Maybe it's serving the homeless with our Breakfast Club ministry that goes out every Saturday from here, just blessing and loving on um, hurting people in our, in our community. Maybe it's being a community group leader. We're going to be talking more about that as we gear up toward the fall, and you've heard a little bit already, but we are hoping and praying for more leaders to rise up and say, I'm willing. I'm will- I could lead a discussion because we want to reach more people. And we need more groups. We need more community groups to do that. So I hope you'll consider it. Um, maybe it's helping a hurting neighbor, just being there, just being available. Somebody at work who's kind of venting and pouring out their lives to you. Certainly raising godly kids or, or or grandkids. Folks, we don't live to just take up air and space and resources. We don't live for the next paycheck. I know some of us do that, or or for the weekend, or for that next big giant purchase. That you're excited about because you know what that's just that's just the never-ending quest for it have you noticed that it it always what's the next it we're designed for something much better we live for one reason and that is to bring him glory to light up our lives and to make much of him and to shine so bright for him and he wants to do that. He wants to do that with each and every one of us. The tool does not decide why it exists or what it was made for. The tool maker does that. The tool maker builds the tool and he builds into the tool the design with which it was meant to accomplish the task. That the tool is made to accomplish the task. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that's why we're doing this series on discovering your spiritual gifts. I'm so excited about that because some of you here, as I said in the opening, don't know what that is. You haven't yet stepped into that. And can I just tell you, that is going to be so exciting. That is going to be, that's going to breathe life into you. It's going to breathe new life into you. All of us want meaning and significance. When when we sit on the end of our lives someday, because we all will, we're probably not going to be thinking about that next purchase that we, we we wanted to have or that car that we had and how much we loved that, those possessions and those kind of things. No, we're going to be thinking about how God used us to bless lives and touch people's lives. So that's how I want to live now. Does that make sense? I want to live. How about you? I want to live with the end in mind, and that means God has just implanted so much purpose and so much value in you, in each of us. And so I'd encourage you, if you're not sure how you've been gifted, if you're not sure how you've been wired or where you fit, to keep coming to these, to these messages on Sundays. Don't miss a Sunday. We're going to unpack the spiritual gifts. But also, I would like to invite you to a class that I'll be teaching. It's called Discover Your Design, and that's exactly what it's, what it's all about. And uh, it'll be two weeks from today uh right in the chapel here it's a two-parter actually so it's the 17th then two weeks later on the 31st it's not either or it's both and we're going to go over all of this stuff um in the chapel 11:15, and uh really just talk about how we're shaped how you're shaped uniquely um in fact that's an acronym that we use in the class and uh I'll, let me just take you through it really quick kind of introduce that to you the s in shape stands for spiritual gifts And that means, that's, again, what we're going to be unpacking in this series. But here we're going to let you take a test. Now, I know nobody likes a test, right? Okay, But this is a good one because you're going to to discover your design. You're going to discover how God has gifted you specifically. What are your spiritual gifts? And then H is heart. That is your passion. You know, what does your heart beat for? What What makes you come alive? God wants to use that. He wants to use your passion for his glory and for your kingdom. And nothing will be more exciting than when you connect with your heart and with your passion. Uh, The A stands for abilities. Um, We're given all abilities, talents, natural abilities. uh, And God can use it. I think of uh, June Homosmos. I'm not sure if he's here today or where he is. but um, And many others um, that have the gift of uh, a talent of art. And they use that for God's glory. And we've seen that so many times. God uses all of that. And then the P stands for personality. That's where it gets interesting, right? Because we all have these different personalities as well as spiritual gifts. And in fact, we take a little uh, test on our personalities as well. So it kind of will explain some things. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, And then E is experiences. We all have different experiences. And God wants to use that, even the hard ones, especially the hard ones and the painful ones. How many know that when you go through hard times— god doesn't waste a pain ever he wants to use that he wants to use that to bless somebody else that's why i'm really gr- grateful that we have a uh, a men's pure desire group here first baptist church just one good example of how these are men who have broken the chains of lust in their lives forsaken that have gotten freedom for it, walking in freedom and now they're helping other men walk in that freedom amen, amen. hey that's what church ought to be that's what church ought to be we are living out our design, and so God can use our shape in just exactly what he's, um, how He's shaped each of us for his glory and for his purposes. Let me just end, uh, with this. Um, I, I read a, an article, Google, um, this week about a church in, uh, San Diego. It's a Catholic church, 1980, uh, had a statue out front with Jesus, and his arms are outstretched like this, like we've seen before. And, um, and they had, unfortunately, some vandals that, that came in and, and snapped off Jesus' hands of the statue. Just just mean and, and disrespectful, of course. And, um, and the church had a decision to make. And at first it was obvious. Well, we need to find somebody who can remold those hands and reattach them to the statue. No, no big deal. But as they thought about it, and as they prayed over it, they took weeks in coming to this decision that they were, in fact, not going to put new hands on the statue of Christ. And the reasoning behind that was because they wanted it to be a visual reminder that we, the church, are the hands of Christ. And they put this this, this sign below it that says, as if Jesus is saying it, I have no hands but yours. And I think it was inspired by a 16th century nun. Her name is Teresa of Avila. And she writes a poem, and here's how it goes. I want to share it with you. In closing, Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. And yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. This morning, I just want to remind somebody that you are the light of the world. You have been gifted. This is just the start of this series, but you have been gifted by God for a grand purpose. I don't know what the enemy has told you. I don't know what friends, family, coaches, teachers have told you. I hope good things, but I want to tell you what God tells you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. In his image, in his likeness, his stamp, his fingerprint is stamped on you. And he's designed you for the body of Christ to be a light. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that it's your word, not mine. My, my words are nothing. My words would just fall to the ground. But God, I pray that it is your word that has gone out today. Used me humbly as a humble vessel, God imperfect as I am, just to share your word and your encouragement to all of us, to the body of Christ. God, I pray that our our gaze would go from the floor, if some of us have walked in looking at the floor today, to looking heavenward, to looking at our Savior, Jesus Christ, the cross that we sang about, the empty tomb, that he is alive, and that in him we are alive. Because you conquered death, Jesus. You conquered sin. And now, because we are in Christ, we have conquered sin, and you allow us, God, to work in this world and to light us up. So that's my prayer, Jesus, that you would do that, light us up. I'm reminded of what Mother Teresa said. Here's one of her quotes. She said, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. So God, we do, we, we bring our small things to you, just like the boy um, with the five loaves and the two fishes. Just the small things. And Jesus, we know that you take the lunches of our lives and you can multiply them. You can multiply them, just like you did with Henrietta Mead, Mears. God, we thank you that our lives do matter. And if we're willing, if we're, if we're willing to give you our lives, to step out of our comfort zones and say, God, here I am, here I am, I'm available, I offer myself to you, then you can use us. We can be your light in this dark world and partner with you, God, to do great things for you. I thank you for this church, God, that that is doing that. I pray that we walk out of here this morning going, I get it, I get it. I was designed by God to represent God and to bring him glory, and that's why I'm moving around on planet Earth. It's not about the other stuff. It's all about Jesus. So thank you for that vision this morning, God, and help us to walk in that truth, in your truth. We worship you now, God, in spirit and in truth. We love you, and it's in Jesus' powerful name we pray these things, amen.